You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 100, recorded January 31st, 2021. We're finally at episode 100. Yay! Congratulations, go us! Episode 100! I'm so proud of you guys. And to celebrate our 100th episode, we're jumping into the lore book called Call of the Cryptolith, part one. I'm going to be the host for this Yay. episode. I am Elemist. Hi, my name is Orchid. And, and my stomach is making noises again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> eh, I'll deal with it. That's what editing okay. is for. <laughs> so and you might hear an, an extra laugh there that isn't familiar. Um, so, special guest, you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thanks very much, Elemist. Um, my name is ADP Colossus, or Cole for, uh, in the shorthand, and I am one part of the three-part talent that is uh, another Destiny podcast. And that's actually the name of our podcast. Yeah. And I've, yeah. <laughs> and I feel very, uh, very, very welcome by, uh, by Elemist and Orkin. So thanks for having me on, guys. This is a, this is, this is a first for me. Oh, Absolutely. We're just a wee little baby podcast in the uh, in the Destiny podcast world. Wait, you don't have a hundred episodes? What are you even doing? We got like thirty six, <laughs> I think. Just kidding. Ah, it's fine. We, <laughs> Hell. we also have thirty six episodes. We we know we're trash. <laughs> we're also trash. Uh, Hell, perfect, like my people. We're at episode one hundred, and I'm still thinking like, yeah, we're we're just a small podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're a small podcast with a hundred episodes, right? Yeah, but uh, like. I guess if I could do like a just a brief summary of what we do, um, like about a year ago, Newt and I decided that we wanted to start a podcast because we um, we were so happy with what the Destiny community was was producing and like around this amazing game that we all play, and we wanted to we just wanted to be able to give back in a certain capacity. And um, another sticking point uh, of us is that we're we're Canadian. Actually, we're on the west coast of Canada, and that's hey, yeah. We just wanted to yeah. Hello, hello, same time zone, and we, yeah, we just wanted to. Hello. give back to the destiny community in whatever capacity that we could so yeah that's about it and then starlight joined and it got so much better from there <laughs> it got better and still somehow went downhill yeah no it, it was <laughs> oh, it's God. always on a steady downhill decline i'll say but we ride it i love it when things get better and also get worse right? at the same time it's like it's like my favorite thing hooray it's, oh god what is this it, it's kind of right. like oh, our Jesus. 51st episode onward. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it got better and also summarily got worse. Shots fired, my God. <laughs> oh, but... no, there's no shots fired. It's absolutely true. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm not going to rip on my co-host in the slice because I love those boys. And yeah, that's that's basically it. Hi, I'm Colossus. And I'm not sweating oh, yeah. at all right Yay. now. We're so happy you're here. You have Thank no you. idea. We've been trying to do this for ages. Thanks, guys. Oh yeah, Elvis has been on your show a number of times. Yeah. Though. Oh, and he's been an absolute rock star every time he's been on. It's, oh, I love it. I absolutely. Oh, love we just Elvis have a good time. Show. We do. It's great. <laughs> like I, I, the first time I totally stressed about it, and that we just <laughs> that was actually for uh, Clovis's journal. 
It was, yeah. It was when the um, the ARG was being uh, unlocked and everything, and everybody was in in the hype of like, holy shit, this is the first amount of lore that we've got for this new season coming up. And I was like, you know what? I want this guy on my podcast for this. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So like, I he does. I read mm-hmm. through all of the journal, made notes and everything. Yep. Yep. And then the audio got corrupted. Yeah. Oh, God. It <laughs> so we had to re-record. Yeah, like something really messed up on 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 Newt's end with Audacity, and we just like like the the audio was like half of it at least was uh, unusable, so we had to re-record it. <laughs> it was like, hey guys, oh, definitely no. not the first time we're doing this, but yeah. It but it it definitely it proves that you can have the same episode and still talk about different aspects of it, and that's what I love about it. Yeah. So before we go into any more tangents, for podcast info. Uh, we encourage feedback that can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore at Hey, it's orchid or at I underscore am underscore elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. And if you want to talk to us individually, you can jump into our discord. You can find our info. Or you can give me pictures of your cats and send pictures of your food and Ooh you know do fun things <laughs> or talk about the pokemans individually talk about the pokemans yeah we have a mass effect channel right now we nice. repurposed our hamilton channel because that's what people wanted hmm. it's really just turned into the whatever orchid wants channel yeah what was that about absolute power corrupting absolutely eh, i'm sure it's fine yeah it's fine it, otherwise known as yeah. the orchid effect yeah uh, so, <laughs> oh. thanks. Wow. <laughs> no problem. You can accurate. You can also find our info at thelornetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators and special guest. I think we've already covered this, but where else can we find you? Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at ADP Colossus, and that's a, just to spell as A-D-P-C-O-L-O-S-S-U-S. You can also find the main uh, Another Destiny podcast channel on Twitter at Podcast Destiny. And we also have a Discord, Another Destiny podcast, if you want to talk to us individually. So, and just come and, mm. come, just, just, come, just come and, like, throw lore in my way because I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm the lore guy on our, on our podcast, and it's, uh... It's fun. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, come find us. Absolutely. So this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle, Crimson Days is being sunset. I'm trying to not cry. How could this happen to me? I've made my mistakes. mistakes. (laughs) Life goes on. So... So, like, I can understand them sunsetting Crimson Doubles because they took Crimson Doubles out of the rotation. They took Doubles out of rotation. A while back, yeah. But, and that was, like, when Beyond Light first came out. Like, that was one Mm -hmm. of the game modes that was just actually removed. Yeah. But, like, they could have opened Crimson Days to all of Crucible. That's a good point. Yeah. I wonder if they I wonder if they play tested that. And I wonder if it didn't quite work out with the with the buff and the debuff that you get from being too far away from your uh from your teammate. 
Excuse me. I wonder if it's just because they hate fun. <laughs> That's another option. <laughs> and they hate everything. And they hate the crucible. And everything that they want to give the crucible is nothing. And yeah, I... everything that they do is for PvE and they do nothing for PvP except eck out like one armor set yeah. for trials over the last two years. Yeah, I will admit that. And then but... they're like, this is what you get. Aren't you excited? And we're like, why am I feeling like this is the only thing you give a shit about? Yeah. I'm really yeah. so I'm I'm honestly seriously trying to not cry right now. <laughs> it's all good. I, well, I will admit and, that, that that PvP is in a pretty sorry state right now, which is which is unfortunate because I do have a lot of fun in PvP and I want I want to be drawn to it, but yeah. I think the last time I truly had fun in PvP, outside of like going in as a six stack because that's just toxic as fuck. That was literally going to be my point. Yeah. Um, it, the last time I actually had fun solo in PvP was back in Season of Dawn. That's a good um, point. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Season of Worthy wasn't that fun because Hard Light. <laughs> oh, Hard Light Go Burr. I abused Hard Light in that season. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the kind of person who made me hate PvP. Well, if you can't beat them, join them, Elmist. I was one of those people who are just so stubborn to not use hard light. I was like, I'm stubborn. I'm just, I'm not going to have fun with this. I right. pouted in a corner. Right. A laser light show went off around me. That's weird. Because if everyone else is doing it and having fun, then you should do it and have fun too. I know. That's that. Yeah. And that's actually something I've come to come to realize since season of the worthy is that if, if there is a meta, I should stop being salty about the meta and actually join in on the fun before it gets nerfed. Yeah. Because it's going to be because, because the nerf the is always season. coming. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. nerf is coming, so you might as well use it before it's nerfed, because then you won't be able to enjoy it before oh, exactly. it gets nerfed yeah. into the floor. It's just the nerf so. of Damocles. It's always hanging over. Yeah. The nerf of Damocles. See, no. It's nerf or nothing. Oh, God. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm wondering if they're sunsetting Crimson Days because they're planning a different event. No, they're not. Why would they nerf? Why would they plan? There's why. It's not going to be a Crucible event. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see because I, I don't think we've got any uh, confirmation on that at all. So, well, because I mean, at at this point, this we been... have one big event per season. That's true. Yeah, and this is and the because one event we've had since D one, really, right since Taken King, actually. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we did have Guardian games, but that was a little bit half baked. Like, it could have been something great. A Guardian game. It could have been oh something great. God. Like the like the idea. I, I thought it was going to be like time trials and stuff like that, and and just like being able to clear through enemies as quickly as possible, like the um, like the test level in Titanfall Two. I thought that's what Guardian games was going to be like, but not quite. Guardian games was just like so toxic, mm -hmm. and I don't know who passed that idea. Well, see, the the problem like, is the seasonal content for that season wasn't as engaging yeah like no, it was terrible. bounty the season and yeah, then exactly. they were yeah. like oh hey if they would have had engaging content during that season we wouldn't have yeah. felt as bad about guardian games as we did mm -hmm. but it was literally 
Bounty the event during Bounty the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate. And the only thing we can really hope See, for is, like, I hope yeah. that Bungie is learning from this and they're applying this. I think Orchid, you might have mentioned it in, in your guys' last episode. Hopefully they're applying these lessons to their new IP. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not we'll thinking that they are. We'll see. Because um, they don't listen. They always, the meme is we're listening. <laughs> we'll see, though. LaMeo. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're listening. Then what did I say? We're listening. Uh... <laughs> exactly french fries <laughs> no yeah. like i i definitely am gonna miss crimson days like that was the biggest mm-hmm. thing i took was, from the twab yeah. i remember the first time that newt I... asked me to be his crimson what my my co-host newt when he asked me to be his crimson doubles partner i was like oh yes a thousand times yes right yeah. and then we got stomped because we're trash it was great. <laughs> I mean, like, this was, I mean, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can, like, totally talk about it, mm-hmm. and it's fine. So I can be, like, gooey about it for a second. Like, my friend Sam and I, like, this has been our thing for years. Like, he, it's, like, we're each other's, like, date for a week. <laughs> and, uh, like, we, he was, he and I are in Shader Brigade. And, <laughs> like, we would, like, get all dressed up and, like, get matching outfits and we were like super fashion conscious during crimson doubles and we play so much crucible together like we don't even have to do call outs we just know i love that and that's so cute and yeah and we just it's one of those like you barely have to say anything because we know all the maps so well and we know each other's play style so well Mm -hmm. and we just like play around each other and um like we know how to like debate the other team and we know <laughs> I know that he I know where he's going to be sitting with a sniper rifle. He knows where I'm going to be like he knows like where I'm going to be floating if I'm like using like top tree on blade or you know where I'm going to be with Andy's or whatever. Right. And or with a scout rifle and like he knows and I and I know where he is and it's it's just been our thing. And we're super toxic, and we very rarely lose a match during Crimson Doubles. It, yeah, and because it, yeah. it's just like it's it was like always our time together. Mm-hmm. Like we played, we play a lot together. We haven't played together very much lately because I've been playing on PC and he's on Xbox. Um, but, but it's, it's, like, it's always something to the look one forward time, to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And after this past year, this was like the one thing like that we've been talking about that we've been looking forward to mm-hmm. after like like i had covid and like you know our jobs have been hard and we've both been like locked in our homes for months and like not been able to see our families and it's been really hard and it's like the one thing we're looking forward to and it's like kind of been like swept out from under us <laughs> yeah it's all right or it kind of came out of Sorry. nowhere as well. Like, I don't think anybody saw this one coming. You okay, Orchid? Yeah. That's a no. At least you've still got trials. <laughs> <laughs> that instantly oh, took the tears away. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> I already have my flawless seal. Why do I want to get it again? (laughs) 
The answer is I don't. <laughs> I've already got Conqueror. I, I don't know. I on the same boat. I've got Chronicler, and I am happy with that. I don't know. My thing is just like it's like the one thing that we've been wanting all year, and then it's like for no rhyme or reason. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it just yeah. wasn't testing. Well, oh, fuck you, Bungie. This is like the one time I'm actually gonna say fuck you, Bungie, for like ruining the one thing that I wanted all year. Yeah. Like, thanks, thanks, guys. Cool. That's it. Cool. Thanks. Like, I hope you're happy with yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. It's it's going to be really interesting for like seeing how this new year goes. And then they've got the state of the game coming up pretty soon, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I have so many things to say about that and I'm going to hold myself back because I want people to enjoy listening to this podcast. Well, I hope you can hold yourself better than you can hold uh, hold the recoil on your mouse and keyboard. Ooh, good um, transition. It'll be fine. It's hey. just uh... that's an interesting one as well. I it's like it was just I was sitting there like okay, it's so... out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> I like I, I just I will admit that there hasn't been Go a ahead. whole lot of recoil in the Destiny gunplay itself, and I'm also very new to the to the PC game, so I I don't exactly have anything to compare it to. Uh, it was interesting to see that, and my friend actually. Uh, I was uh, sitting in his stream at one point uh, yesterday, and he actually mentioned um, that them uh, adding this increased recoil to mouse and keyboard, but not changing the controllers at all, was a sign that uh, crossplay is coming. And his point, and his idea rather, was that uh, this is a sign that you will not be able to opt out of uh, crossplay at all. So it's like once uh, once right. crossplay is in, everyone's playing together in the same pool, which was a really interesting standpoint, I think. I don't really know where to take that. If I'm being honest, I'm drawing a complete blank right now. But it was like I wonder if that's what they're what they're working towards. Um, a that lot of it, it, vicarious visions are the ones that um, are the ones that actually did the way mouse and keyboard work. Okay. Um, for Destiny, it wasn't Bungie. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, and they didn't want you to have to completely chase your mouse all over the table all the time. Yeah. Because that is not how gunplay works. Like Rainbow Six, yeah. that's not what you do. It's like, like it's the same for most like first person shooters. It's like a computer. It's like a computer game trailer in the nineties where the kid's mouse is all over the place on the table. God, I almost knocked over my. Oh coffee. my god. Yeah. And. So my argument was, why don't you just, you know, stop with, you know, the bullet physics and the bloom and the bullet magnetism mm-hmm. and everything and all of the other things, yeah, you know, and make console better and not make mouse and keyboard worse, mm-hmm. budgie. It's because there are other things you can do to improve it for console. Well, I almost wonder if it's also a, a hardware issue on the console side of things. Like I, once again, I am. I am technologically illiterate. I, I am about as literate as a rock when it comes to this kind of stuff. But would it possible? Would it be possible that it's not feasible on like it's a the frame rate? The, thing, yeah, probably. like on, on the consoles. Yeah, because like the previous gen consoles cap out at thirty frames, and there's yeah. those are still very much a viable, uh, a viable. This is connection. Why 
this is why there shouldn't be crossplay. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Period. Yeah. No, and I if they I are going to do crossplay, I would say yeah. I, like I would say if they are going to do crossplay, only do it on the newest generation of consoles. But I don't know. Like I said, no, I, just, I don't there know. shouldn't be crossplay. Like period. Mm. Like. I understand wanting to play with your friends across all and like I was I'm really excited to play with my Xbox friends on PC, mm-hmm. but there shouldn't be crossplay. Sorry guys. Like from a technological standpoint, everyone's gonna be mad with all the changes. There shouldn't be crossplay. Mm-hmm. Because if they're implementing it like I am now thinking that they're going to, it's gonna be a shit show. We'll see how it goes. Well and and it from a, a technological standpoint programming you know actual implementation standpoint mm-hmm. it's gonna be a nightmare yeah. because there is each console has its own way of coding mm-hmm. and interpreting that code so you're essentially yep. having to write the same code three different ways oh mm-hmm. you know one for xbox one for playstation and one for pc and Jesus then having Christ. to actually mm-hmm. convert that all into a single unified way. What's funny is that um, the Xbox way can be written like the PC way. Yes. Hmm. Um, because you can use mouse and keyboard on Xbox. Excuse me, what? Yeah. Oh. You can. And do you know that? I had no idea. <laughs> you could just plug a mouse and keyboard into an Xbox and use mouse and keyboard no on idea. Xbox, guys. Huh. Yeah, you can. But do you know who doesn't allow that? Bungie. Oh, really? Because games can choose that you don't, you can't use oh, that. Weird. Even though Xbox totally allows it on their games. Weird. Okay. So the newest Xboxes come like, you can just plug in like my Logitech keyboard mm-hmm. that I use. Like... I could just plug them into my new Xbox hmm. and be like, cool, I'm, I'm good to go. Well, that's good I to can know. play Halo now, mouse and keyboard on my Xbox. Yeah. Hmm. Which a lot of people do. Yeah, so you can see when you're playing like Halo multiplayer, who's using a mouse yeah. and keyboard and yeah. who's using a controller. Because usually the mouse and keyboard is, is much higher on the, the scoreboard. Exactly, yeah. Because it's easier, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. And that's how it should be in Destiny too, because if you're gonna have crossplay, then the mouse and keyboard people. <laughs> well, it's just I they're mean, gonna outperform the controller people. Like it's they're yeah. gonna they're gonna have an, a bit of an easier time. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna win. Yeah, and this they're is just... yeah, and I, I guess this is a point that's been repeated into the ground, like across yeah. across everywhere. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and I but... I just love the fact that console players were like. PC players have no recoil. We want that. And Bungie's solution is, all right, PC players, we're nerfing your recoil. recoil. More recoil. Yeah, like, hmm. More recoil. <laughs> yeah. Well, recoil for everybody because we're not going to, you know, make it easier on those, you know, console players. Like, uh, okay. I mean, you could limit the screen shake. I think they are. They're... Because we know. Do you remember when... <laughs> they increased the screen shake on Recluse. Yep. Oh my god, yeah. Because they can limit the screen well, shake, it, guys. And I mean that's we that's, know they can. that's evident in this TWA because they're releasing uh, they're reducing yeah. the screen shake on on um, submachine guns specifically. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. 
So, I mean, like, if they can do that, then, like... It's, yeah, it's it's all over the place. Why don't they? <laughs> yeah. I, I always... It's because yeah. they don't want they don't to. they don't want to. Yeah. It's because they don't like you console players. <laughs> and, hey, PC players, they don't like you either. Apparently. They don't like any of us. I've always got I a soft spot for Bungie, and like I, I do. I do hope that they're that they they do have their reasoning for it. It's just, well, I don't know. I think I'm gonna try and stop saying "we'll see" for the for the episode, but it's like I'm gonna be repeating myself a lot with that. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see yeah. in like a couple of the. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be a couple of days. That's true. So yeah. rip. Yep. Uh, that being said, we had some fun a couple nights ago from time of recording not yeah. from time of release yeah it oh my did we ever my god so i think that run ended up being about five hours it was close to five hours yeah it was pretty close to that i so my my co-host starlight he has never actually completed a raid in full before and i wanted to put together a team for him and so i reached out to uh, first of all, to my to my teammates Starlight and Newt, and they obviously said yes. And then I reached out to Alamist, asking him if he would be willing to join, and he graciously said yes, and also tossed it into the LFG on your guys's Discord. And we found one other person, and uh, like we were sitting there with five people, and like happening in real time. I go, God, we need a sixth person. Then I see, hey, it's Orchid is playing Destiny too. I go, yeah, I wonder if Orchid's down for a raid. <laughs> she, <laughs> not realizing <laughs> that she that she's not a raid kind of person. And Orchid graciously as well joined in on us on it, and right from the get go, with the, with the six of us sitting in that tower, it was evident that this was going to be a cursed raid, and it was the most fun <laughs> I've had in a long time. Oh my god! Oh, it was we great. Did yes. Great. Yeah. And it Holy was almost hell. four hours. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, just from the from the sparrow section, uh, like all the way up until. Uh, until, um, why am I blanking on his name right now? Oh my god, what's wrong with me? Tannix. The cockroach. Yeah. Because he never dies. Because <laughs> he never dies. Yeah. The fucker can survive Anderson. a nuclear... Yep. Uh, Holocaust. And us literally beheading him, he's going to come back at some point. But right? it, was, it was evident to me, like right off the get-go, with how, how well both of both of our podcasts were, and Elsie, uh, shout out to Elsie there, uh, how, how well we were all just like riffing off of each other back and forth. It was just so much fun. And thank you guys so much again for joining in on that, because God damn, God damn, that was a lot Oh, of fun. absolutely. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And like that, that final encounter, <laughs> um, <laughs> Colossus and I were on the same section taking care of ads and there were several points where colossus is just following me me around just taking care of anything i didn't kill because i just Mm -hmm. had dune marchers on i would run around punch everything and my (laughs) arc energy just spider webbed throughout the entire section well he's got a 20 meter range on that bad boy yeah right and like multiple times, was... multiple times I was sitting there like Elemist would like immediately like the trained professional that he is after we did the DPS, he's right back in our section. And I was like, oh, okay, like kind of like wander, not necessarily wandering around, but I was slow on the upkeep of getting back there. And, and I see that he's getting swarmed like, oh God, I've got to get back to Elemist. And then I see this arc of <laughs> this, sorry, this web of arc energy go kill everything. I'm like, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> it was a awesome. trained professional that he is. <laughs> it was awesome. 
Yeah. It was great. I don't raid ever. You did such a good as job. As evidenced though. by my raid report. It was fun. It um Yeah, you did. It was phenomenal. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I tried really hard. <laughs> Especially since like you took the hardest position in that final encounter. Yeah, it was not easy. I was divina bitch hmm. in the final encounter. That's that's why like I kept trying to give you ways out throughout the entire encounter. Nope. I was like, hey, you know, if you nope. if you I want like to mm-hmm. write. But like I know how you know stressful me. that position can be because <laughs> that is usually my position. <laughs> I like the challenge. It was fun. Um, I was also streaming, so chat is yelling at me. Oh, yeah. Like they're all backseating. Yeah. I have Bibble who's like Bibbletron who's trashed <laughs> and just like just shouting things in chat and just so chat's just being like really obnoxious and I love them for it. And they're all like, No, don't do that. No, go here. No, like you need to switch to this thing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. There was at one point where you were saying how your chat was just going off and I just yelled, control your chat. You immediately went, no, I'm not going to control them. They're amazing. I was like, that's fair. I never control my chat. (laughs) My chat is out of control always. I love my Mm. chat. Oh, man. No one can control my chat. I need three more DSC clears. To get 100? No, I'm currently at 56. My Leviathan clears are at 58. Oh. oh, okay. But, like, that's Leviathan after three years. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's a good point. <laughs> DSC, it's only been three months. <laughs> Has it really been three months already? Holy hell. Came out in November. Bruh. Holy Christ. And okay. we're almost going into February, like yeah. tomorrow. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Goddamn. And actually, speaking of, that means that we've got a new season coming up soon. We do. Any predictions? Yeah, any predictions. Oh, hey, Elms. Yeah. Great segue. Ooh. Guys, we're getting really good at this podcast thing. <laughs> we've only done it for 100 episodes. Happy birthday for 100. Right. <laughs> uh, new season. I mean, Elmus, this is, I'm not going to take your prediction away from you because I'm 100% in that camp. So take it away. <laughs> So and I'm so excited. So possibly, I think we're heading back to the Black Armory. Not necessarily <laughs> the forges themselves, but we are diving back into that story. And that's because mm-hmm. there is there is um, one mention of Helga Rasmussen in one of the the lore books that came out with Beyond Light. There is mm-hmm. a lore entry for Ada One in um it's on the deepstone crypt hunter helmet and it talks about how like the armory needs to evolve in order to combat the darkness i got goosebumps mm-hmm. when i first read that and there's also the fact that we got a ghost and a sparrow and a full universal ornament armor set for each character as based well on black the, armory yeah. stuff as well as the exotic emote at the end of the season's pass was literally posing with Izanagi's burden on, I think it's an Ahamkara skull maybe, but yeah, possibly. Yeah. I, I don't quite remember. 
but like aside from the two small lore entries we have no actual black armory anything Mm -hmm. this season so it just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere it that was the thing that struck me the the hardest when i first like looked into eververse at the beginning of this season i saw so much black armory stuff and my mind just started racing i'm like okay why is this all black army and it's really bugging me and they're not saying anything about it and black armory is my favorite part of d2 and then elemis points out that they or yeah i think it was either elemis or orchid pointed out that they always put hints in the season before about what's coming up for the next season and i sat there and went oh yes so yeah they they typically yeah. use mm-hmm. eververse to hint at what's mm-hmm. to come yeah um like there was a telesto ornament that was talking about long live the queen and then forsaken came out and oh the queen is alive mm-hmm. oh that's a good point yeah you know so like there's stuff like that that it's just it's subtle st- things that when it happens you're not really thinking about it mm-hmm. but this and one then, wasn't subtle right like this was a slap to the face yeah it's like oh hi so like and... my prediction is that we are diving back into the black armory story next season i'm really hoping and if that is the case my prediction is that the the name of the season is going to be season of evolution but i could get behind that right but i'm always really trash at, at the predictions what did i i can't remember what oh yeah my prediction for season of arrivals was that it was going to be season of salvation but clearly that didn't pan out yeah. I'm excited one way or another. If it's if it's Black Armory, this'll probably be my most played season because uh season of the season of the forge was my favorite uh season back in the day. Mm-hmm. And still to this day is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um Especially in, in consideration for that entire year. Like it was one of the better seasonal arcs for oh, it was, absolutely. the forsaken year mm-hmm. and the storyline is intriguing as all holy hell and it's just fascinating and heartbreaking to see the to see the view of the collapse through a civilian's eyes oh, the black army papers can't mm-hmm. read those without crying yep they're just so good that's i think my favorite lore book mm-hmm of all of Destiny or Black Armory. I think papers. I'm in the same camp. And that's why it's just it's so well written. Say that. It's beautifully mm-hmm. written. Yeah. And then the the exotic weapons that came out during that season, so for like Jotun and uh Iznagi's Burden, and I think Lemonak as well. Uh they mm-hmm. have lore tabs that sort of expand on that universe, as well as Ada One's Lone Wolf, the ship. It has her uh just it's it's her introspective thoughts while she's looking at a theme park on the west coast of canada actually i think it's it's supposed to be vancouver canada and it's just it's beautiful it's just like there's so much to play with there also her with with all that we've been getting from beyond light and the exos and the origin of the exos we've got a solid origin of all the exos we don't have a solid origin for why ada one is still on her first uh replication but she hasn't gone into uh, DER yet, and so there's a theory that uh, that her like the way that she was made with radiance is that it's a light version of, of the Alkahest, so and clarity control. So we'll see how, see where that goes. But that's still the one thread that hasn't been wrapped up from Black Armory, unless mm-hmm. 
DER was specifically used in order to essentially wipe an exo's mind so that they are easier to control. That is a good point. That is a good point. Hadn't considered that. Like, we know oh, that man, Cade was... even more of an asshole. Like, we know that Cade was used as kind of a hitman. Mm-hmm. What better way than to keep those secrets than to just wipe his memory and create Cade 2. Cade 3. Yeah. Boy, that goes against a couple uh, human rights violations. But it's Clovis we're talking about. <laughs> There's a lot of human rights <laughs> just shit that he just doesn't other human rights care about. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Just throw it on the pile with the, the other violations. <laughs> I'll put this fire with the rest of the fire. It's fine. <laughs> Yo, dog, I hear you like a fire. Um, <laughs> any predictions, Orchid? Yeah, mine's a little bit different. Ooh. So, um, looking at the armor that we got that they are making for trials for next season, the new trials armor, because I am like as as salty as I am about Crimson Days being oh, gone, and I'm still just like so fucking heartbroken over that. I'm still like, yay, new armor because I'm a fashion whore, because <laughs> um, obviously. I'm like, like, I'm never going to win, like, the fashion award again. But, you know, like, still, I love fashion. So the armor is very Cabal-like. And we talked about this in our own server. And looking at, like, the Dark Future lore book. And, like, I don't think that, um, that we're going the way of the Dark Future. But I think there are a lot of parallels that can be drawn Absolutely. Especially since we haven't seen parts of kind of the trailer and cutscenes and stuff of, you know, Zavala being with Cabal. We haven't seen that yet. That's true. And it's yeah. the end of the season. And so I think honestly, and we don't know where Mara is, and we know that we're going to see her. And in the dark future, she's on Leviathan. Yeah. So I think we're going to see Cabal next season. It's going to be like season of the Cabal. Like I think Kyattle is going to have a part to play in all of this. Right. Because she's in charge Um, of the Red Legion now, right? um, In when we were doing um, Immolent, there was Cabal were involved in a lot of the, um, like they were going after um, some of the, um, the cryptolith stuff as well like they were involved question mark because um sagira and um osiris my brain is just like <laughs> thank you sagira and osiris were watching the cabal like look at hive stuff and then we're like oh that's weird um, point, yeah. So if the Cabal are involved as well, so the Cabal are doing some really shady shit that we've seen from both the Dark Future and also the web lore mm-hmm. that they've put out. And so that's kind of outside of their normal realm of behavior. So I think it's going to be a season of Cabal next season. That is actually a really good point because the Cabal are usually really regimented and strict and they stay within their uh, marching orders, for lack of a better term, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 
but no, like who's to say that we're, we can't have both, you know, because oh, I think we can, because you're talking from the enemy perspective. I'm talking from the protagonist perspective. Like they could easily yeah. use both together. That's true. I think they will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we'll have more of a, of a cabal season. I think it'll be interesting because we haven't had like kind of a cabal deal in a while. I'm trying to remember the last bit that I we think actually it was season had. of season of dawn. I think was the last one. Even then, that you was know, fallen. Mm, no, season of dawn. That was the uh, that was the Scion sisters. They were taking over the sundial. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Because yeah, season was, of the worthy, we didn't really deal with Cabal. Season of the even worthy, even though no. Rasputin, I guess. Well, obviously, yeah. It was Fallen yeah, and Hive. Was, yeah, there was no real focal mm-hmm. enemy in season of uh, season of the worthy. And we don't even have yeah. a trailer for the next season yet, which is astounding. We'll have one by the time this comes out. True. Yeah. Yeah. By like recording it, we don't. But yeah, yeah. So, here's a Lore Network ad. The Lore Network. Hey guys, it's Green from Focus Fire Chat. Have you guys ever wanted to listen to just the lore, like spend a few minutes consuming the lore in an audio format? Well, my new podcast, Destiny Lore Audiophile, does just that. Destiny Lore Audiophile is a podcast where the lore of Destiny is recorded and presented in an audiobook format. No commentary, just pure, sweet lore. Episodes will be about 30 minutes long and released every Thursday. Currently, you can find Destiny Lore Audiophile on Podbean and iTunes at Destiny Lore Audiophile, where the audiophile has a PH instead of an F. Readings of the Singular Exegete, Marasina, Books of Sorrow, and more are already queued up and ready to drop. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single performance of Destiny Lore Audiophile. See you there. That was a good ad. Oh, it was so good. I'm impressed. Yeah. I, like I had almost here. completely forgotten about it. Um... <laughs> mm. uh, so sorry people (laughs) oh my gosh so brief intro to the topic Uh, this lore book is obtained by receiving and upgrading the cryptolith lure through crow Uh, the final entry is obtained from doing the high celebrant mission is that really that's just how you get it yep it was either that or the final upgrade which ends up being unlocking the high, the, celebrant. The high celebrant mission yeah. i think it's just by doing the not just the high celebrant but i think it's just by finishing all of the stuff for the seasonal seal well no like i th- because i got if i remember correctly it's actually for getting the final upgrade for the lure which unlocks the high celebrant mission Oh, because I didn't get all of the lore. I got some of them, but I didn't get all of them, like the middle part of the books, because I I unlocked the High Celebrant, but 
by I think like my game glitched because I got the high celebrant and I like didn't do any of the seasonal shit until like last week. Oh. Like I grinded I grinded guys. I actually played the game. <laughs> like I did I did solo shattered throne so I could like do all my weapon kills. It was the worst. Oof god. And it wasn't the shattered throne part. It was I I hate the weapons this season. Yeah, that's the submachine gun's okay, but like everything else is trash. I like the scout rifle. Yeah, it feels the like scout it... rifle reminds me of. It feels like the DMR sort of. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, it reminds me of D one scout rifles as well. It does a little bit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I don't know. Over greeting. It's not my favorite. Yeah, but yeah, I got my seal because um, nice. I found the the cheese that you can do if you're lure. I found the lure cheese. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There's okay. a lure cheese. I found it the last week of the season. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get that uh, that seal. I've resigned myself to that. To no, that the, fate. Well, the, the seal's going to be around know the for the entire yeah. year. Oh, that's true. Yeah, guys, I would love to know. Do you want to know the lure cheese? Yeah, guys. Um, the lure cheese is this. Uh, make sure you have a couple of charges. Um, do the easiest one, which is the first one on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take down the servitor go to where the servitor is kill the servitor go into your lure clear your lure and then quit the mission and don't kill the second guy oh oh that's right and then you will keep your charge and then just rinse and repeat and it will while you have like a full set of armor on and then you'll get all of your lure kills that way Fair and enough. you won't lose any charges, so you don't have to keep doing other shit in the game. Oh. And you can just do that for, like, six hours, and then you'll get all of your kills. That's what I did. That's handy. Yes. So do it that way. And That's see, how you do it. I think what I did was I dropped into the actual mission and went to a lost sector. Ha. <laughs> That's smart, yeah. If it wasn't that, it was just I had a bunch of people who had charges. So we just sat there for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I found out the that you can clear it and not lose your charge. Okay. I'm going to read this. One, catch. There's a saying amongst the Elixni. Catch is kin kin are all out in the reef the detritus of civilization is all there is out in the reef ruins are as much landmarks as planets and moons the flotsam of derelict colony ships from the golden age flood the atmosphere along with the ruined hulks of hive ships from campaigns fought against the loken for the elixni Finding the wreckage of a catch is like finding the ruins of a family home and all the emotions that come with it. But the societal scars of Elixney clans have long since vanished. And for those who bend a knee to the spider in the remote corner of the reef known as the Tangled Shore, they have lost the privilege of such sentimentality. A salvage crew was dispatched the week after a small scouting party from the spider's personal fiefdom spotted the wreckage of a catch belonging to the lost house of kings. The crew chief on the operation, an ambitious vandal named Cossus, 
had shed her attachments to a life within that very house years ago. But the choice to leave something behind in the act of doing so are two entirely different things. Casas insisted first on surveying the wreck herself, alone, before allowing her team near it. They were to take anything with even a shred of value after unceremoniously cutting the vessel from bow to stern. As they marked it for dissection, she watched them from a nearby escarpment. She looked around and carefully revealed the small bundle of vestiges she personally salvaged from the catch. A ceremonial washing bowl, a child's musical instrument, and the cracked ceramic effigy of a servitor. Costas covered them with a tattered cloth the the color of the setting sun, branded with the symbol of a house she no longer called hers and buried them. It was the only dignity this ship would receive. The, it, this, this really does set up how the Elixni, uh do treat their catches as home and how tied they are to, uh, to their tradition. And that even though they're, they're cutting this ship apart for salvage, the, those in positions of power, I guess, they still want to, or at least those that still hold to the old elixir traditions they still want to hold on to those um family heirlooms i guess and they want to treat that ship with a a certain amount of dignity and respect and so that's why casas buried the the washing bowl musical instrument and cracked ceramic effigy it's it's nice to see yeah yeah that's all i got Going from a, a purely story standpoint, it's a very straightforward entry. It's setting up the actual character, Casas. Mm-hmm. I guess Casas is, is a follower of the old ways of the Elixni, and there have been, um, there there is evidence of of like the newer born Elixni not really understanding. I think. Um, why did I almost say Hyrax? That's not right in the slightest. Um, the big bad of Beyond Light. My God, Aramis. Me? Aramis, thank you. I think Aramis was the one who said that the the newer born uh, Elixni they don't quite understand the old ways of the Elixni. So, we'll honestly, see. that sounds like something Varix would have said. Yeah, as soon as I was saying it, I thought, was that Varix? Yeah, I'm good at this. I thought it, this was um, very sentimental. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I, I forget how sentimental that they are, and because all we do is kill them, and I forget that they had all these houses and all of this. I don't know all this culture. Yeah, because they all got. I mean, since they all got shuffled under like house dusk. You yeah. Know? Mm. It seems like like every, every time they get shuffled like under house dusk and house salvation like they lose a, a good amount of that culture so yeah i'm just wondering now that house salvation is crumbling mm-hmm. what's going to happen to them mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see but i mean we've got house yeah. we've got house of light that's going to come to the forefront at some point we're not sure exactly when mm-hmm. but yeah <clears throat> excuse me and and we actually do have uh, parts of different missions on Europa where you are helping refugee Elixni 
mm-hmm. off Europa to join House of Light. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's the ca- that's the catch. That's um, that's uh-huh. caught right. The caught catches catch that you're yeah. trying to free. Yeah. Her mm-hmm. skiff. Yeah, the yeah. skip is it the yeah whatever it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. Catch, yeah, catch, yeah catches the big one mm-hmm. the smaller one catches kin kin are all mm-hmm. yeah all right should I read number two yeah all right sounds cool. good to me go for it entry two rations as dusk fell over the frontier of the tangled shore the salvage crew assembled their shelters in a loose circle around the downed catch. The dregs begrudgingly established guard posts on overlooks surrounded the camp, with nighttime sentry rotations to match, and the crew's scrapwork shank orbited the site on alarm mode. Savak seethed as she and the other dregs dug out their guard posts. These precautions were meant to deter competing parties from biting the crew's claim, but it was a waste of energy this far out. The foreboding quiet would betray any approaching pikes. Once camp was established, each crew member received an ether ration commensurate with their station. Savak tried not to hunger as she watched Cossus inhale three full portions of the life-giving essence, more than twice her own share. The spider had given them just two tanks, partly as a cost-saving measure and partly as an incentive to get the job done quickly. Later that night, a crewmate woke Savak from her deep slumber. You're late. Northwestern posting. Two-cycle shift, the dreg grumbled. Savak clicked her mandibles in irritation and trudged wearily into the deep violet gloaming of the shore. Savak was nestled in her dugout at the top of a wide dune, trying not to fall back asleep, when she heard a faint whisper, an urgent, familiar call from the far side of the dune, away from camp. Savak bolted upright. Maybe someone wandered away from camp, or maybe, she thought subversively, someone secured a portion of ether and needs an accomplice. The latter possibility sent her scuttling down the dune. When she reached the bottom of the slope, she found herself alone. Yet the beckoning whisper persisted, voluminous as an explosion and gentle as a caress. It came from a rocky cave no larger than a servitor. Savak drew her rusted shock pistol, clicked on her light, and peered into the cave. There she saw it, the small black tower poking gently out of the ground like a babe in swaddling. Ooh. So we're introduced to a new character, Savak. Um, Anybody who's actually played any of the seasonal content is familiar with this character. Art spoiler are alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, of course. She's one of the Wrathborns that you hunt. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. How did I not piece this together? <laughs> god damn it. Um, and ironically enough, you fight her in a cave. Ah, that's right. Of course. Yeah. Well, voice crack. Um, but we get the first instance of those Wrathborn towers popping up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a small black tower. Right. And uh, I don't know if I don't know if right now is a time to talk about that, but that's not that's i mean that's not what the towers look like in game they're very they're covered in hive growths i guess you could call it so well the little black ones aren't those the ones that you use to start 
Mm-hmm. I wonder. Like once you track it. I don't because yeah. because no. this is actually talking about one that's in a cave. I wonder if this is actually talking about the one where it's in the cave that you fight her. It's it's possible. I'm just trying to think. I mean, it's been a while since I've done those hunts, actually. So that's the one in in Shuro in um in Shuro's yeah. rest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Elmas and I had a talk at like after after the raid. Uh, we were we were discussing some things, and it's this isn't the first <laughs> time that this black tower architecture has been pointed out either, which still strikes me as odd. Um, but well, I I would have to see pictures side by side to actually be able to confirm that. So, yeah. It could also be like they're calling it a black tower because. Part of my mind went to how different elixir biology is compared to human biology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like eyesight, because they might be able to see colors a different way than we do. That's a good point. Yeah. The only thing I have, a, I, the only thing I would bring up against that is in the, in the warlock seasonal armor, uh, it points to an awoken who found a, sleep uh was a sleek obsidian tower somewhere and how like it, it was very obviously a a wrathborn tower but once again it's like it, it just reminded me of darkness architecture and I, i'm not going to make the jump from this to <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to make the jump to uh zever wrath fucking around with the darkness because that is a massive leap but that is where my mind first goes but there are a lot of connections that we would have to make in between there. So I hope that they expand on this a little bit more with the coming year because this seasonal stuff is sticking around for, for the year to come. I hope so too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like give us more of a reason to actually go play it throughout the year. Exactly. Yeah. Just those little story hooks. Yeah. And like, it doesn't have to be much. Like you could just throw in like one or two different lore tabs on a cosmetic item. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to mm-hmm. continue on unless we Please got do. something more no, to say. That's, that's all I've got. Nope. Part three. Worth. Savik returned to the camp as quickly as possible. Her excited description of her discovery was bold enough to spark Cossus's curiosity. Savek was keenly aware that failure to deliver on such a claim would be punishable by more than the docking of an arm. They gathered two dregs, but by the time the four reached the structure, Savek could see it had changed. Where once only darkness filled the space within its frame, a hint of sickly green light now shone. Tendrils of smoke wafted from the apertures, as though it were an incense brazier. Cossus immediately strode forward and assessed the nodule crowning the surface of the barren rock. As the vandal knelt beside the structure, she saw deformed latticework-like veins protruding through and eroding the stone. As though the object was grown 
rather than constructed. Casas waved the dregs over. Pressure began to build inside her head, behind her eyes, as the ground rumbled. They sprang back, away from the structure. The artifice sprang to life in turn. It twisted its way out of the ground, spiraling upward and outward, spreading open like a terrible biomechanical flower. Only when the eruption halted did Casas feel the pressure in her head recede. It was undeniably of hive origin, but Casas had never seen anything of the sort. This implication, this realization, perhaps this was novel to the spider as well. If that were true, this piece of living hive technology would be worth more than ether. Perhaps... Casas gestured to the now towering length of living metal. Take it apart. I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> I can just hear that you have your hands on your cheeks. Just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the one thing I do want to point out. So it was a small black tower and then it grew into something else. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm trying to look up the Wrathborn spires right now and see if there's a small black tower on the top of them. I mean, like, they grow bigger when you, like, put the little thing in them. But, like, I'm wondering, <laughs> like, the little, the only little. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the only, like, little black ones, the only little black towers that we see are the ones that you, like, hit the buttons of, like, when you're. Yeah, it's like when you have to extend the uh when the you Rathborn start night. the mission yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah when you extend the mission to like track the after you track the thing mm -hmm. but i'm just wondering if we just don't see them in game mm -hmm. and it's just specific to this lore book and that's entirely possible yeah because it does seem like it's pointing to like these these little black towers are the um the tip of the iceberg for lack of a better term and then the spire grows from there so yeah but yeah and see i i kind of figured that it was like the actual spire was the core, like the seed, and then everything just kind of like sprouted from it to the point that oh. you don't see the the inner core because it's got all that shit around it now. Yeah, that's a really good point. And th that the hive architecture grows out of it instead. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I never oh, yeah, considered good that. Oh, that would make a lot of sense, I didn't think actually. of it that way. Yeah. I'm really glad that kind of blows my theory out of the water because I was like, God damn it, I don't want it to be the darkness again. <laughs> I want Zebra okay. Wrath to have her own thing going on. Well, I mean, it is a darkness, just not the darkness. That's true, yeah. The lesser of two darknesses. I mean... Christmas time with my mother? <laughs> oh my god. I need a keybind for like a for like an air horn sound effect. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <sighs> anyway, do you want me to read the next one? Yes, please. I'm good with it. All right. Cool. Four. Return. Four meter lengths of wafer thin metal from the hive artifact were laid out side by side amidst a scrap pulled from the innards of the catch. Even disassembled, 
The hive tower was intricate, multi-layered, woven metal latticework coiled, ever-tightening concentric cylinders. Each could spin independently within the larger housing. Maddeningly complex armatures were contained within, lubricated by gristly living tissue. Costas had marked the hive salvage specifically for the spider's attention. It wouldn't be shipped off to marketplaces and storehouses like the remains of the catch. Finds like this were of special interest to him. Costas considered sending a missive ahead of the shipment, but thought better of it. If she weren't there to prevent to present the find herself, another ambitious vandal or drag might try and take the credit. Spider would probably promote the usurper strictly out of appreciation for their cunning. Costas was so focused on ensuring the safety of her salvage that she hadn't noticed Savick and the other dregs running into camp from the direction of the cave. Costas stood, sword in hand, half expecting a mutiny. But from the fear in Savick's eyes, Costas quickly realized it was anything but. It returned, was all Savix could exclaim. The dregs confirmed. The dismantled structure had regrown in a matter of hours. Costas ordered the trio to lead her back to the site, to see it with her own eyes. A part of her yearned to see it again. Much to Costas's disbelief, their assertion was true. The structure stood as tall as ever, emanating its hideous green light. A pang of dread shook Costas to the core. Her mind flooded with memories of childhood stories about the whirlwind and the onslaught of the hive. Leave it, she ordered. Leave it and do not return. It was a command, though one born of fear. The tower whispered an unheard counteroffer into her subconscious. Come. <laughs> Damn. Oh. The point for me that right. sticks is the, uh, where was it? Uh, da, 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 da. Maddeningly complex armatures were contained within, lubricated by grisly living tissue. It's like, it's just that reminder that the hive are just very Lovecraftian in nature. And it's just seeing that, it's like, oh Christ, that is just messed up. So that they're partially alive. Yeah. Which I love. The big thing I took from this, her mind flooded with memories of childhood stories about the whirlwind and the onslaught of the hive. Yes. Oh. Yes. The whirlwind. Yes. Before, before this entry, we like all we knew of the whirlwind was that it happened. It was like the the elixir's collapse, mm-hmm. and the traveler left. Now we know it's because the hive had caught up to the traveler because we knew the traveler was, was running from the hive mm-hmm. from the books of sorrow. I mean, it books of sorrow are, are still painted with a ton of bias, but <laughs> there's still fact in there. That's a good point. Yeah. So we knew the hive were after the traveler. The hive finally caught up to the traveler on Rees, which is the Elixir's homeworld. Mm-hmm. Yes. The whirlwind happened because the hive kill. Mm-hmm. And like, this is the first entry that I've seen that actually specifically called out that it was the hive that caused the whirlwind. So we've got or actual confirmation. A, or 
at least they were a big part of the whirlwind. Yeah. My my running theory was that the whirlwind was caused by the sudden departure of the traveler, and I thought it had messed with Reese's uh, atmosphere, and it had caused this massive cataclysmic destruction. But it's really neat that we've got this confirmation that it was in fact the hive that just laid decimation uh, to the Elixni. Yeah. And like I remember, I think it's early in the uh, sorry. I remember early in no, the the season, I had happened across this entry, and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait what?" <laughs> I screen capped it, posted it in the the lore hub server, and I'm like, "Hive caused the whirlwind." Mm-hmm. So, do you think that's that points towards the hive possibly being uh, responsible for Earth's collapse? I still doubt it but they might be a part of it. Yeah. I think um, it's like just having the traveler leave causing the whirlwind, um, which is what we believed for so long. Mm -hmm. And the darkness coming was too simplistic because we always know that the hive always follow in the darkness's shadow. Right. So, having the hive cause it is also too simplistic. It's the hive are more of a symptom of, of this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the traveler leaving and then having the darkness come because the hive also come with the darkness. Right. Like, yeah, you can say that the hive caused it. But I mean, like if these, um, these structures go deep into the ground, like it could cause like destabilization. It could cause like massive earthquakes because we know like the whirlwind did cause a lot of that mm-hmm. from like the little that we do know. And I mean, a lot of that was like gravitational fluxes from the traveler leaving and the darkness coming, which we know like also happened when the traveler moved and we had the darkness coming from like the original kind of collapse of like our own collapse. Right. It you also know. happened on Fundament. So if that right. happened with their whirlwind also. Yeah. Like. That is so cool. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So I could, I would say that they didn't cause it. I'd say that it is a symptom of yeah. like. Yeah. Are the original cause. Yes. Or it's many things that are the cause. Yeah. So right. Like, the, like it's not just one thing that yeah. caused the actual whirlwind it's exactly, more of yeah. yeah it's just the, it's many things that caused it and then the hive the came, accumulation came of it all take, yeah took advantage of them mm-hmm. in the wake yeah the hive took advantage of a situation yeah. because like i mean they are kind of i mean as they tend to do yeah as they tend <laughs> to do yeah the hive gonna do what the hive gonna do ew yeah ew eh, eh. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic. This is why I love Destiny lore. Just how many conversations and realizations and moments where that last brick falls into place. You're like, oh, like, and that, like the, yeah, like I said, the realization. I'm running out of words right now. <laughs> and like all of that came from one line. Yeah. And honestly, it was kind of like a throwaway line. 
you know, mm-hmm. it, it's talking yeah. about the main character of this book and, you know, memories of childhood stories came to mind. Mm-hmm. And so Casas isn't even like a traditionalist Elixney. She's... Right. She's like like, like second or third or, or whatever you'd call it, like the generation that was born after the whirlwind. Whereas Varix uh, was was there when the whirlwind happened, Casas wasn't. But she's st- I guess she still appreciates Elixney culture enough for that to frighten her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, heck, I see childhood stories and it like this specifically is talking about, you know, a great tragedy that happened. I see it like a grim fairy tale where it's something that is supposed to be a cautionary tale, but it's still like historical. Yes. Yeah, to a certain extent. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I want to read the rest of it. Now. I know. So do I. <laughs> I hadn't read this lore book yet. Oh, have you until not? Today. Ooh. No, this is like one of the few that I've not read yet. It's a good one. And the last thing I, I do want to touch on the last two lines come see. Yeah. Are the, <laughs> are the, the, the final hive sister. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like she is yes. specifically calling out. Yeah. Come and see what's come, come and see what's what's on the horizon. Come and see what's up, bitch. <laughs> Fuck around to like, find out. Come on. Like let's I'm, go. I'm excited for Zivu. Oh like, my god. I am yes. so excited for Zivu. Thank you for yeah, saying that. So am I. Oh, I'm so tired of Savathun this, Savathun that. Let's get to fucking Zivu Wrath. As high exactly. aspect of war? Hell yes. Like, my big point is, is Oryx was the navigator. Mm-hmm. And we saw everything he had. Like, we saw how formidable he was. Zivu is war. Mm-hmm. And so if... It's... it's mm-hmm. uh, so if Zivu's army I mean, is coming, then the vanguard is, like, and humanity is going to have to ally with the most warlike race that we know, the Cabal just to stand a chance. And I wonder mm-hmm. if we're going to start to see an alliance between uh, Cabal, Humanity, and Elixni to fight the Hive. The Vex, they can fuck off and do whatever they want because, you know, they're just, they're final shaping right. everything, whatever. But I would love to see this temporary alliance being struck between these three. So if we've got Kyadal with the Red Legion, we've got the Vanguard mm-hmm. um, shattering as they are, and uh, Mithrax, with the House of Light. I would love to see these three right. leaders come together and start to fight Zevar Wrath's armies. That's where I'm hoping this year is going. That would be an awesome final season. Right? And then to have Marasov come back for the Witch Queen as like the final exclamation point of a cliffhanger. It's like right at the end when we're <laughs> when we're at Death's Door when everything seems hopeless just portals open up and mar arrives with the awoken army just to wreck zivu's shit i would love that because mm-hmm. hasn't mara been fighting oh, yeah. zivu wrath's armies out in the deep we don't know 
We just know she's fighting a war. Like, we have no idea what's been happening. All we know is that she's been planning and off in her own little fight. Right. But we have we, no information. We, yeah. Okay. Uh, the only thing we know are from the messages that we've heard in Zavala's office. Right. Yeah. Over the course of the season and from the web lore. Yeah. Which is very non-specific. Yeah. Um, which we know more about Zivu Arath and what's been happening there from the web lore. That's true. Yeah. In this book. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's very exciting. Because in my mind, those are the only two pieces of the puzzle that are really left is Harasov and Zivu Arath. It, to my understanding mm-hmm. that th- those are the only two logical um, factions that could be fighting right now. But yeah, 36 episodes. I don't, I don't have much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Man. Very, yeah. I, I love it. Mm, I'm like despite everything that's going on with the, uh, with, with everything at Bungie right now, the writing team as per usual is just, hitting home runs across the board right absolutely it like beyond light had an amazing amount of lore and it it wasn't it wasn't bad lore either like it wasn't they were just pushing it for the sake of pushing it yeah it wasn't filler it was good Mm -hmm. and the seasonal stuff has been good that's true Um, Mm -hmm. the character development i'm very happy with Yes. Ah, man. So, I could talk about this forever, but we should probably... <laughs> I know. Wow. So could I. <laughs> Shoutouts. Colossus. Yeah. Oh, God, why my mind just go so blank? Uh, <laughs> obviously. I love that. Yeah. It Thanks. always happens every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> It's just a symbol monkey in my brain doing its thing. Uh, like obviously, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out you two for um, for bringing me on here because this was this was an amazing amount of fun and I I just I just loved it. So thank you so much. Shout out to Orchid and Elemist, obviously. Uh, shout out to the Bungie writing team for killing it. As I mentioned earlier, uh, that's just so happy. I like that's sometimes my bedtime reading. Um, I'm going to toss a shout out to my co-hosts, uh, ADP Newt and ADP Starlight, uh, for being absolutely wonderful and being uh, a great team to, to work with. And for constantly keeping my ego in check. It's always needed. So thank you, boys. And might as well give a shout out to Mr. Sweaty Casual, actually. he's a, He originated uh, playing Destiny 2 right around the time that we got our, our podcast started. And he's a, he's a fantastic guy. So if you haven't heard of him, go check him out. He's, the, uh, he's got the best hair on Twitch by far. And he's just a super wholesome dude. So yeah, those are my shoutouts. Sounds awesome. Yeah, Orchid. Um, I guess um, shout out to Colossus for bringing me into a raid Aww. that I was very unsure of doing. It, he debated me into doing it, and then <laughs> Elemist was there for some reason. Little. I was like, "The fuck is this? <laughs> like, I have to talk to you more than once a week." They needed a Sherpa. Oops. I know. Yeah, but then I was like, why are you here? <laughs> it was In my mind, I was like, I'm sure these guys play together all the time. Invite. No. No. We don't <laughs> talk to each other unless we have to. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm <Surprise>. helping. 
Um, it was a lot of fun though. So thanks, guys. I had a good time. It was time. an absolute blast. It was um, it was a good Friday night. It was a great. It was a great time. I it was. A, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Oh, actually, no. Um, shout out to Green Eyed Music Lover, my co-host on Focus Fire Chat, who started a new. She started a new business. Like, that's huge. Like, that's yeah. scary and huge. And she's, like, going to edit audio for podcasts now. That's amazing. And, like, do it herself, which is, like, impressive and scary. And, like, going into business for yourself is terrifying. So, like, like good luck, Green. Mm-hmm. And, well done, like, Green. Yay. And if Absolutely. you're a podcast and, like, you have, like, the money to, like, throw at somebody to, like, edit your own, like, audio, yeah. like, hit Green up because she's really talented. And especially so. since, you know, we're still like right in the middle of a pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty big Doing this in the middle of a pandemic too. Yeah. That is, that is hard. Like, so like she's got some big cojones. Yeah. And it's good to see. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It's really great to see. And she works really hard. She like, does. Love to see them cojones. She's working like 10, 12 hour days on Jesus, this. Really? And wow. it's yeah she's just like it's amazing and like i have like so much admiration for her (laughs) and um so like really good luck to green like seriously absolutely i'm just amazed so good luck green yay so you're my you're my shout out good luck good luck so for my shout outs uh shout out to the whole adp crew (laughs) because friday was really fun (laughs) <laughs> um and on the same token shout out to elsie oh yeah hyven mrs hyvens and my friends who uh i game alongside him whenever i'm on pc which is rare um and yeah shout out to green green and music lover because she started up her own business and like she's been poking me about like, Hey, have you thought about doing this for your podcast? So a lot of some of the, the smaller improvements that we've had over the past couple of weeks have been thanks to her. So thank you. That's so good to hear. Oh, thanks green. Yeah. yeah. And I know we'll make, um, we're going to get a new logo soon oh. and like, a little like new branding and stuff Ooh. so a lot of that is like thanks to green and um and logo people and everything so new branding look forward that's pretty to cool it. yay that needs yeah. to be a merch um <laughs> eventually right. yeah we weren't very happy with teespring oh. um their quality sucks Good to know. so because yeah. we uh over at adp we've been looking we've been briefly talking about getting some merch put together and so we're trying to decide in which direction to go with that so we need to get that yeah, organized. we weren't happy with teespring um they're really inconsistent oh, and okay. i don't like the way their t-shirts feel so mm. i think we yoinked our store good to know we need to find out who um ishtar collective gets theirs through um i can talk to baxter i think it's a local shop though mm. 
Uh, but um, I will talk to him. Anyway. Anyway. So we've got some special thanks for the episode. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshock. He can be found on Twitter at Volshock B. The music in this episode is copyright Bungie. We're able to use it under fair use policy. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They're the website I use in order to make our show notes. Hi, Baxter. <laughs> and for reminders, you can reach out to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, at hey it's orchid, or at I underscore and underscore elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review. You can jump in our Discord and yell at us there. Mm. And uh, special guest, Colossus. Hi. Once again, where can we find you? Uh, my, my, my Twitter is at ADP Colossus, and the main account for the Another Destiny podcast podcast is at podcast destiny uh you can find updates there for when we're going live our our schedule is a little and we we stream our episodes live and it's a little inconsistent uh it's sometime during the weekend whenever our schedules allow for it so you can find updates there uh you can also come and jump into our discord it's another destiny podcast so come and say hi come and join us because we're actually we're putting a little bit of a project together where we want to if, I, if i'm allowed to shout this out if that's all right yeah yeah cool thanks guys um it's we're putting a project together where we want to put together a Canadian destiny uh, community. And I'm not entirely certain if a larger Canadian destiny community already exists, but what we want to do is we want to, we want to foster this and we want to start building on it because we've seen the, we've seen the, the success that fan Zed with DDU has had. And we want to sort of emulate that and see if we can bring um, destiny, Canadian destiny gamers together and just Canadian gamers in general. So if you are Canadian and you are listening to this and you enjoy any of this kind of stuff, so give us a shout out on any of those or come talk to us on any of those platforms that I just mentioned. We'd love to hear from you and start building the, uh, the polite Canadian community that we are most of the time, Sounds except when awesome. we read. This is going to be, there's going to be just like the ANZ community, which is like, I'm like a vestige of that community because yep. I'm in like one of their clans. And then there's going to be like the nicest community ever. <laughs> oh, hey, bud. How you doing? Like just come, come and have a seat. Across the border from me. <laughs> you, want, you want a double double? We got, we got, we got some coffee here for you. And just uh, just make sure you just make sure you're, you're a cool person. Just uh, follow the rules and uh, just don't be a cunt. That's all we ask. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry about that. He even that. said cunt nicely. Like what the hell? <laughs> it's hardwired into me. I don't know how to do it, but that's uh, that's that's all I've got. So yeah, Th those are those are my those are our channels. <laughs> you heard it here, Canadians. Hit up Colossus. Here, Elemis, here, here are so the reins amazing. of the show back. Sorry, I kind of took those. That is just so amazing. amazing. <laughs> um, everybody say goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye. Take care.
because <laughs> because we started half an hour late because I woke up um, half an hour after we were supposed to start. Sorry, um, I didn't feed the cats, and that's why Toki was harassing me. <laughs> so... Toki's like, yeah, come on, I bitch. Didn't... Come on. He's like, put food in my bowl. So... <laughs> I can see the bottom of the like, bowl. It's empty. It's exactly what happened. I'm like, there's a quarter-sized hole in the bottom of the bowl, Toki. I just need to shake it with my foot, and then you're happy. <laughs> so, but it gave me time to, like, get more get more monster energy drink okay kyle <laughs> freaking cow freaking yes i think somebody in cheat in our i was gonna say the name of the shader brigade server is cheesy shader brigade because <laughs> everything has pizza names cheeky breaky shader br brigade yeah pretty much so it's amazing it's all like yeah it's all like you know pineapple and pizza pizza weather update and illegal pineapple is where you put your pet pictures and <laughs> pepperoni raid and pineapple dungeon and <laughs> cheesy normandy talk oh, and dragon pizza age <laughs> i love you guys it's pizza anthem. we have an anthem channel uh, yeah I, why <laughs> because we all play anthem together oh, that's, actually, that's actually really good to hear yeah huh. We actually play. We're the only four people that play it, though. <laughs> I played it for a couple hours. We all play it together. Never even done. Yeah, I know. It. We're the only people that still play it, though. Don't worry, because we can only when the three of us go into it, no one match makes with us. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's fine. Anyway, sorry, I, I totally got us off topic. Elvis, you can cut all of this. <laughs> oh, I plan to. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But no, like I, I bought Anthem. For like sixteen bucks, and then bought the Dawn of whatever upgrade for oh, four. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I bought it at original price. Ouch! I'm really <laughs> mad about it <laughs> because I have the Dawn whatever that I bought at original price, and I hate it. Why is my eye twitching? Because you're Canadian. Yeah, thanks. That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. I know. What? <laughs> wow. Just All right. That raid, that raid salt really carrying through, I see. Uh, right. No, you know that if I'm teasing you, I like oh, of you. Course. Yeah. <laughs> I only tease people I like. <laughs> And she's an absolute bitch to people she really likes. Perfect. <laughs> That's you, all of us. I know. <laughs> Out in the reef, the detritus of civilization is all there is. Out in the reef, ruins are as much landmarks as planets and moons. The flotsam of derelict colony ships from the Golden Age flood the atmosphere along with the ruined hus the ruined hulks of hive what the who the fuck wrote this i'm starting over that's this probably safest trash is mara senna <laughs> flowery prose purple prose purple bro, son of a bitch yeah. hey guys this is orchid i wanted to do a really quick thank you to rindles evas for editing our audio and
Zivu Arathing things. Um, he does a lot of our secret audio editing and we never really thank him. So Randall, thank you so much for doing our audio and you'll probably, he probably be hearing a lot more from him or things by him in the future. Um, cause he's kind of a behind the scenes guy. So if you see him, he's at Rendell Zevis on Twitter and, um, yeah. So thank you so much, Rendell. I really appreciate it. Okay. Bye.